Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano, joined by my co-host, the Zoobs. The Leafs falling a 4-2 to the Calgary Flames. Zoobs, what were your thoughts on that one? I was so ready to come on here and be excited. That was the that was <laughs> such a, a deflating... Uh, it really said it all. I was so ready, man. I was ready to come on here and I was going to talk about Marner and we were talking about Tavares... And we were going to talk about Anderson, and man, they just just sleepwalking to start the third period. Uh, never really got in gear in the third. And totally wasting two really good periods of hockey, I thought. Um, really, really just a deflating loss. And, you know, we're going to try and keep in mind that they're coming off a couple wins where they look pretty good. But when you sort of add this to... The third period against Vancouver, where they gave up a lot of really big chances and Freddie bailed them out. Um, it's a troubling trend with, you know, Keefe has come in and they've managed to re- reverse the poor starts and now they can't seem to finish. <laughs> it's really frustrating. It really is the opposite. Like, you talk about how Keefe wants to do everything opposite. I mean, even the way that they're starting off hot but then ending cold, literally the opposite of you know, Babcock's leaf starting off cold, and then they would have a really solid final five minutes, and it's just totally switched. Um, the Leafs, for the first time all season, losing in regulation after leading after two. Uh, the Flames, really the the crux of this game was they scored three goals in two minutes and 30 seconds to kind of get the period going in the third, and that was all she wrote. And the biggest cause of that, turnovers, 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 turnovers. Every time the Leafs lose, we sit back and we say, okay, how were these goals scored? And so often we look back at them and we say, oh, there's a turnover in their own end. Oh, there's a turnover in the neutral zone. Oh, there's another turnover in behind the goal. And and that's what we found here. You know, on that on the tying goal early in the game, Anderson right off the faceoff. Uh, the puck got chipped in deep. He went to go and, and clear it. Failed clearing attempt. And then it gets cut off. And then literally, what was it, 11 seconds in? 13 seconds in, maybe into the, into the 19 seconds into the period, and it's in the back of the net. You know, you look at the third goal, the go-ahead goal, Spezza, turnover at center ice, and it's going the other way, and then Froelich ended up scoring on a 2-on-1. You know, these are not uh, acceptable plays, and these are the kind of plays that really do need to get cleaned up uh, for the Maple Leafs if they're going to make any type of run here uh, this season. Absolutely. You, you said it. Um, the Spezza one, pretty egregious. The the Anderson one, really egregious uh, as well. Um, you know, we're gifted a, a minute and a half, uh, five on three. Five on three. And nothing. Nothing. Feathers. Really disappointing. Um, just sort of really had a, a door wide open there to get back in this game and, and maybe undeservedly salvage a point. But, you know, I, I, I don't think we're being too overdramatic when, when you say that they threw away two points in this game and that, that – through two periods, they really didn't have to that do that much to close out and, and pick up two points and and just really not being ready to come out in, in the third period and, and just play smart, just not even not even do too much, just just play smart is all they had to do and and really uh, limped to the finish line and make that two games in a row with really bad third periods and, and only one of them has cost them luckily, but. Uh, a troubling. It's it's troubling. 
Certainly, and you know, I don't want to blame the loss on Freddie Anderson, but you take a look at those goals there in the third period. I mean, the Goudreau tip, the fourth goal, all right, that one might be a little bit tough to stop off of a redirect. But, you know, those first couple of goals, I mean, Goudreau's first goal and then the goal by Froelich, I mean, those are those are goals that you, you can stop, and he has stopped those goals in the past. And, uh, you know, obviously this time wasn't able to stop anything. I, I made the joke. I was like, man, did he just, like, did he have a Swiss sandwich yet at, <laughs> <laughs> during intermissions? Because he just turned it into Swiss cheese. Everything was getting by him. And, you know, it, you have to wonder, is he getting fatigued? Because he hasn't had a game off in a while. He played that back-to-back last week. And this was actually the game that earlier this week was scheduled to be a day off for him. It was supposed to be Hutchinson. But, you know, coming into the game, Sheldon Keefe said, no, Anderson's in a groove. We're going to give him the net and see what he could do. But honestly, once I got into the third period, he looked like he was just a little bit fatigued. And I think that could have been a reason why you know, a couple of those goals were scored there, and it cost him at the end of the day. Yeah, and, you know, the the defense in front of him in the third period played like Hutchinson was back there as well. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I probably would have given this the Hutchinson game. If not this, then, then against Edmonton. I think six in a row is, is not that it's insurmountable, but um, he put in so much work against Vancouver, and, and they had already secured a pretty good road trip. Um, sort of the exact opposite, I think, of calling the crease against Colorado. This was an opportunity to say, you know, probably better than this team and, and give Hutch a vote of confidence here. Uh, I, I, It's easy to say that now, uh, and, and you're right that I, I thought he could have been better on the goals, but that's also weighed against, you know, two solid weeks where he was the best player on the team. So um, willing to give him a pass on that and... and had there been a little more cohesion in front of them on some of these goals, uh, may have been able to, to sneak out some points still. So I, I do agree with you. I, I echo your sentiments, but it is hard to get too worked up about Freddie with how he's performed in the last week or so. Yeah, you know, like I, I'm not blaming this loss on Freddie at all. If anything, you can kind of put this one on on coaching and the fact that you got to kind of know your players. you got to know when, when enough is enough and – you know, maybe he gave him one start too long, um, and he should have taken him out like his gut feeling said, but then he ended up leaving him in. But anyways, uh, I thought that something else that Sheldon Keefe did in this game was kind of he shuffled up the lines a little bit to start, which I thought was interesting, especially coming off two really good wins where the team played really well. Um, I just I'm not too sure what the like why <laughs> yeah you're gelling you're, you're you're winning games finally especially after a couple of stinker performances what are you doing going ahead and, and changing up your lineup for no reason yeah no absolutely and, and we're seeing some some sort of some Sheldon Keefe uh comments coming out now he's sort of you know saying that the game works in funny ways and when you get away with it one night against Vancouver and the next night you end up learning that lesson that you deserve so I I think part of it is probably looking at how that Vancouver game ended and sort of seeing the writing coming on the wall but uh, no absolutely uh, there's a lot there's a lot to take away from this and say that they it wasn't a great performance and it was one of their you know probably the biggest letdown uh, definitely of the week well Keith did also come out and say in his post-game press conference he said we had one line that played well Nobody else played well, and that was the John Tavares line with Marner and uh, and Zach Hyman. And I mean, it seemed like they were that was the only line that Keith 
believed in, and he was the guy that they were the players that were consistently coming over the boards. Like you take a look at their ice time, Tavares twenty three oh five, um, yeah, Tavares twenty three oh five, Hyman twenty one forty seven, Mitch Marner led the entire game. I believe, uh, not the, oh no, Giordano played 20 minutes, but he led the team 24 minutes, 53 seconds, almost 25 minutes for Mitch Marner out on this game today. So I thought that that line, you know, we spoke about it uh, yesterday in the pregame, talking about how, you know, if this team wants to take that next step and wants to be as good as they were a season ago, that's the line that was their consistent, that found consistency last year, and they're going to have to do it again. And here they were tonight where on a night where the rest of the team wasn't playing well. They came out. They scored two goals. They did their part. Everyone else around them failed to do their part, and that's why ultimately it's a team game, and you got to have four lines rolling. you got to have three pairs of defensemen back there playing some solid D, and that's not what happened tonight, and that's why you get a 4-2 loss. Yeah, uh, uh, I think uh, well said on, on Keith's part, and, and you know, I, I think – for a guy that we were pretty hard on to start the year, uh, quietly, Mitch Marner, uh, two points in each of his last three games, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's yeah. I think that's six points in three games. Uh, he's looking really comfortable, and I thought that this was the best Mitch Marner game of the year, and I think that comes off the heels of the best John Tavares game of the year. So I think this line may be really starting to find their footing, uh, you know, both Marner and... Uh, as you mentioned, Hyman are, are coming off of injuries this year, so maybe it's taking them a little while. But, you know, if that line's going to be as it was last year, so reliable and so good, uh, that is a big sign. But, you know, to, to Keith's point, other guys have to come with them, and, and that, starts, uh, that starts at the top. Anything else you pulled away from this game? Uh, y- you know, uh, wouldn't mind just moving on from it. <laughs> we'll go to the good, better, best because yeah. there, there's still plenty left to say. But I think we sort of uh, we sort of picked it up. Uh, some disappointing efforts uh, from some of the guys that you would hope would uh, make an impact in this game lower in the lineup, but uh, just didn't happen. Yeah, it just seems like they can, you know, kind of they get one take one step forward and then get two steps back type deal. You know, they get a couple of wins and then they kind of have a stinker out there, a disappointing loss. Uh, which they had tonight. And it just seems to be the way that it's kind of gone all season long. So uh, for sure, let's let's kind of put this one behind us. But before we do that, we got to get to the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we're going to do that up next. Welcome back to Locked On Leafs Podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside the Zoobs. Uh, Leafs with a 4-2 loss to the Calgary Flames tonight. Flames, actually, that's their seventh win in a row. So they are red hot ever since making their coaching change of Bill Peters. They've won seven straight, 7-0 ever since he got fired slash he quit slash decided to resign. We all know what really happened. Uh, but anyways, Leafs with a 4-2 loss. Um, there was... Like we said, really only one good line, a lot of bad and some ugly. Let's start with the good, though. Uh, what did you like about today's game? I thought I thought this was the best we've seen Mitch Marner play this year. He, he looks to be as comfortable as he's ever been. Um, I loved his finish on the goal. I thought that was a beautiful play. and I loved his no-look pass on Tavares' goal. Um, that makes three pretty good games in a row for him now, and I thought this was him at his best and sort of what we hope to see when we thought about him sort of unleashed with Sheldon Keefe. Uh, sort of to a, a point you made near the end of the last segment there, we talked about this after the last game, is, is we 
just never see Matthews and Tavares both have a good game at the same time. And that continued here today. I thought I thought Marner was probably the Maple Leafs' best player on the ice. And, and who would have thought the best player on the ice gets the most ice time? What, what, what a concept. <laughs> what a concept. But uh, for good, I, I do believe uh, this was Mitch Marner's game. Certainly, and, and for me, I just have that whole line as a whole. I thought that they played uh, extremely well. They were, you know, the catalyst for both goals in this game for the Maple Leafs, each Tavares and Marner with a goal and an assist uh, with themselves. They're really starting to get going. Um, I, I, for me also, I think John Tavares, you know, you talk about how Marner's getting going. He's got nine points in nine games under Sheldon Keefe. Uh, so that's that's really encouraging to see Tavares after kind of a quiet start, uh, you know, where there was a little bit of doubt kind of creeping into some people's minds about oh maybe he's slowing down a little bit he is approaching 30 but uh, I think he's putting out those fires with the way that he's played over the last couple of games Um, and and I just think this line is going to be really important for them going forward and it's good to see that they've now put together you know three really solid performances in a row and I think that's you know that's the main part in a row that consistency has to be there and then now they got to work on the rest of the lines <laughs> to get consistent. Um, all right, what was uh, what was what was bad for you? I'm gonna unfortunately, and and, and I don't want this to sound like I'm uh, you know gonna wish a wash, but uh, I didn't think this was Freddie Anderson's best night. I, I I don't hold it against him. He's been carrying the team for the better part of the month, um, but uh, you know he looked a little looked a little not great on a couple of those goals and, and the one turnover is pretty directly traceable back to him so uh, a night to forget for Freddie don't certainly don't hang the whole loss on him but uh, I thought he was uh, not great this evening man you read my mind that that's just that was exactly what I was gonna say you know I think I don't want to blame him because I, I personally do believe that he is getting a little bit fatigued. I think even if you think back to last year, he was kind of got, got uh, he was riding hard a little bit because, you know, Babcock, he only plays his goaltenders on back-to-back nights. And I think after, I think it was around the Christmas break where he came out and said, yeah, I am a little tired. I am a little fatigued uh, after he went on a bit of a, a cold spell. And that could potentially be happening again right now. I know, obviously, after coming off a couple of great performances, um, it's tough to see. But, you know, after this game, it did look like he was a little bit tired. It seemed uh, he he wasn't at the top of his game. Um, I I don't know if I'm going to go ahead and say that he had a bad game, but he certainly didn't have a good game. Uh, And it it was the worst Freddie game I think we've seen in, in some time. Uh, but I, I also had him here for uh, for bad. Uh, what was ugly for you, I think, for me, it was the start of the third period. <laughs> what else can it be? Yeah, a- like, absolutely. Just, what is, were they doing? I know. And this is where this is sort of where it gets, um, you, you know, instead of picking Freddie, there's any number of guys we could pick who really looked bad in that first couple minutes of the, of the third period. But the whole team deserves the L on this. The uh, whole team sort of sleepwalking for the first five minutes. And again, uh, that's that's two in a row now in, in third periods where teams are getting not just chances, but really like five alarm, no question, huge chances. And that is not a recipe for winning hockey over any sustained period, um, especially not on the road and in, in, in tough spots like this. So uh, a really disappointing look. Uh, probably a waste of at least one point, probably two with that, and something that, that definitely, definitely has to get cleaned up going forward. 
did you happen to get a chance and see who was on the ice during those, uh, I guess, the game-tying goal and the go-ahead please, goal? Please enlighten me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just it's Morgan yeah. Riley, again, Morgan Riley and Tyson Berry. Uh, and it just I – don't, I don't know what to think of this, of this pairing anymore. Uh, I was really excited when we finally saw it. I wanted it. I'm not going to say that I didn't want it because I really did. But we're now a few games into the experiment, and, you know, there's been some some flashes of brilliance, but there's also been some some defensive lapses. And, you know, tonight you got them out there on, on both goals. You know, I don't want to say, I guess they weren't technically and directly their fault. But, I mean, even you look at the, the Anderson one where he went to go fail to clear it. Morgan Riley let that puck go by him. Like, I don't know if he thought that he had some support from the wing or, or what. So maybe that's just bad communication. But, you know, as a defensive, you got to be out there. You got to be communicating that. So even that, you could kind of also say it was partly Riley's fault for letting that puck squirt by. And, and, and that was the game tying goal. And then again, you know, two on one the other way. That was more so Spezza. But still, um, you know, that pairing, I just, I expected more. And I do expect more. I, I, I'm not saying that I want him to get broken up quite yet. I think that it's still kind of premature to to ask for that. But, man, I really hope that they can get going because I think they could be a really fun and a really talented, uh, high-scoring, uh, electric pairing if they can get some uh, get some confidence yeah, and get going. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that, that Morgan Riley might be the most disappointing player this part of the season so far. He The, the nights where he's been... Uh, which yeah. is crazy. He was a Norris caliber player. A Absolutely. Season ago. And the Knights that the like is Ron Hainsey that important? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, is he that good of a defensive uh, a defenseman that he makes his partner a Norris caliber it's player? It's certainly. I mean, it's certainly something to to, to we'll have to dig into it uh, at a day when we have a free day because. Um, something is up, and, and it's been a running theme. And, and the the games where he's been noticeably good have been vastly outweighed by some real clunkers. Not again, not that we're putting this one on him, but um, he hasn't been the same guy. He, he's regressed uh, maybe to a significant amount, and, it, and it's troubling to see. And, and he's somebody that, with an already thin decor that is already the biggest question mark on the team, uh, he's somebody that's looked to. To sort of be a north star for these guys, and to be a sure thing, and to be a lock, and and he's been far from that, and we're 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 beyond just blaming this on CC. As you said, this is a this is Tyson Berry now, and, and there's only so many guys you can pair with him before you've tried everything. And, and uh, I don't know that I don't think Dermott's going to get that call. I also don't think Justin Hall's going to get that call. And if he does, Hall's play well, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's a question, and, it, and it's it's a concerning thing right now, and and one of the big questions. That needs to be answered for this team. Um, yeah, and, and with that, we'll kind of leave that right there and, and put this Calgary loss officially behind us. And uh, on the other side, we'll we'll tee up the Edmonton game tomorrow night. All right, welcome back to Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano alongside the Zoobs. Uh, the final and fourth game of this Western Road Swing is coming up tomorrow night against the Edmonton Oilers. We are going to be visiting Connor McDavid's house or maybe Leon Dreisaitl's house. I mean, these both of these two players have been exceptional this year. I think they're both, honestly, in the MVP race. I mean, which one are you going to leave off your ballot? You, you really can't leave either. Um, how much of a threat does this duo 
opposed you to know, Toronto. You know, I hate to say this, and I have, I think I've gone the entire season without saying this, but a matchup with Connor McDavid, I miss Nazem Kadri. This is the the. Oh. Nazem Kadri answering the bell against Connor McDavid was one of my favorite things year in year out. This is the, this is the dude that I wish was in the lineup for this game. Uh, no, they're they're definitely a volatile pair. It, he, McDavid is there are no superlatives like big enough. He is the guy. He's the number one, and you need to know where he is at all times. Like you talk about these lapses against Vancouver and Calgary, Connor McDavid will be one on five. And it's an advantage. Like you, you. There's no time and no space that you can give him. It it brings me a similar level of concern to playing Buffalo, as you will well remember that Jack Eichel was all over it in three zones. You can't give McDavid the puck in his own end because he'll be in your crease before you know it. So uh, it's a huge priority. And Drysaddle is is just as good, just as dangerous offensively. A guy that can't can't be given any space because he can score from anywhere. Um, it's going to be a tough test, but also, I think, similar to Calgary, a very beatable team. They're, they've come back down to earth after that great start. The power play has normalized a little bit. James Neal is not leading the league in scoring anymore. So uh, I believe this is a winnable game as, as long as you keep McDavid in check yeah, as best you be possibly tough. can. I mean, between the two of them, 112 points in 34 games. 112 <laughs> points between two players. <laughs> like it's it's like those two My alone word. have Edmonton rolling right now. Um although they've regressed a little bit since their hot start, not the players, the team. I think it's just because they realize that they can't be super reliant on these two and that uh, you mentioned the power play has regressed a little bit. It was the number 1 power play uh for a while uh, I'm, I'm pretty like it's well it's still the number one power play but they were absolutely clicking early on in the year you if you recall james neal had like led the the league in scoring through the first four games against seven goals on the first four games and six or all seven of them maybe even came on the power play but they're they're still a very very tough team i think that the power play scares me a lot i think you know, you look at their power, but they're first in the league, 32% operational. And between those two stars, they have up 48, was it 48 power play points between those two? Like, that's insane. That's insane. Between two players. Crazy. Two Crazy. players. Sorry, 47. 47 between those two. It's insane. <laughs> so, you know, that's going to be that's one amazing. thing that they're going to have to keen in on. Um, kind of like we've been saying, you got to... You can't be taking stupid penalties. And this is a team especially, I think, when they're out on the ice, you cannot take any stupid calls because they'll go out there and you know, one out of three times, they're going to score on the power play. The thing that I do like about this matchup, though, is that's mm-hmm. literally all they have. Like, the rest of this team is ass. So, I, I mean, as far as matchup goes, yeah. they do have the depth, I think, to go out there and really compete with the Edmonton Oilers and try and get the win because you know outside of that top line those those top two players I think they they can pretty much win every other matchup so if they can find a way to kind of slow those two down I think the Leafs have a really good shot at beating Edmonton and finishing up this western road trip three and one the real question Mm -hmm. is no I I think you kind of already alluded to it early on in the show 
at this point, after a 4-2 loss, Anderson looking a little rusty, do you give him the net again on Saturday, or do you go to Michael Hutchinson? Keeping in mind that next week there is a back-to-back, and he will get one of those games next weekend. I really feel I really feel like I'd go Hutch here. Um, Edmonton's not not in a great spot, uh, as you said. That other than McDavid and Drysaddle, there's not a ton of guys that I'm super worried about. Uh, I think you know you, you sort of give Freddie the pat on the back and say you've been great for us for the last little bit, and we've already come out. It's going to be a 500 roadie no matter what, um, and you've been great and you've been a big part of it. Uh, get some rest, and we'll meet you back in Toronto. I, I think is what I would do, but that's also sort of a dream world where the backup goalie has won a game. Uh, so it's, I, 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 you know, I see the argument for playing Hutch here. I probably would if I were in charge, but, but you tell me, Mike, because you've been the guy, you've nailed all these, all these things. You nailed the Tavares captaincy. You nailed uh, Freddie playing both games in the back-to-back. You, you tell me what's going to happen, happen what here. I want to happen because those are two different things, I think. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, last you know time they, I think? last I, time they I, weren't. I think that Anderson will get the net on Saturday. I think a good opportunity. And the reason why I think that is because if you look at the rest of the schedule uh, for the month of December, you got to think too. You know, Christmas break, the whole league takes three games off. So uh, next week they have a game. So they got their game on Saturday, and then they're off until Tuesday. They are at home against Buffalo. That might be a game that you could be willing to put in. Um, you might be willing to put in Hutchinson. However, it's a divisional game, and it's kind of important. You need to get those points, so it probably wouldn't, which means you're getting down to the weekend. So we're probably not going to see Hutchinson until the 21st when they play Detroit. It's a home game Saturday night, um, and then we'll see him again the following weekend. They got another back-to-back, back-to-back weekends, actually, uh, one going into the Christmas break and one coming out of the Christmas break. So we'll probably get him into two games. Uh, I could see him playing the 21st in Detroit and then probably the 27th in New Jersey. Um, but I, I I, wouldn't mind seeing him in Buffalo on the 17th. And, and you say, why would you want to see him against Buffalo? Because uh, the, he played Buffalo before, which means he kind of knows some of the tendencies of these mm-hmm. players. So that might give him a little bit of a leg up, I guess. Uh, I mean, it wasn't horrible, I think. Was this the game? When did they play Buffalo? Was that the game? No, they lost. Oh, that was the one that they lost, right? Uh, But, yeah, I I think the game against Buffalo might be an opportunity just because you don't want to give him all back-to-back games. You want to – they've even come out and said as much that they want to try and give him a fair shake. And each game so far has been either – has been in a back-to-back situation. And I think this game against Buffalo – coming up next week could be an opportunity to try and throw him into one of these games uh, where he they don't have to worry about it being a back-to-back situation and they can still maybe get a win. It's on home ice, which might make it a little bit easier. They'll have, you know, they'll have last change. They'll be able to, to play the matchup game a little bit. Uh, so that might be a game. Also, they play Minnesota on the 31st, uh, and that's on the road. And it's a 6 o'clock start, which why that's interesting is because if you recall, the reason why he got the game in Buffalo is because that was the 4 o'clock start. And Sheldon Keefe said, well, they play you know afternoon games a lot in the AHL, so wouldn't mess around with Freddie's schedule. So maybe that 6 o'clock start on the 31st? I don't know. But I've... <laughs> 
Boy, that sounds, I know, like, that sounds I, familiar. It's a 2 o'clock start, too, on the 23rd against Carolina. But, I mean, that's that young stars game or whatever. I don't expect uh, – I expect Freddie to be in that one heading into the Christmas break. But I can see him getting up to up to three starts from here until the new year. I, I, I can see it. Just give him a little bit of a re- – give Freddie a little bit more of a rest. You got the break and then come into the new year, and it's kind of like a, a fresh season. You'll have a couple of weeks where you can ride Freddie, and then you got the bye week where he can get another rest midseason, and then you kind of go full-fledged into uh, into the second half of the season coming off the All-Star break. I, I think that is – that would be a pretty good strategy uh, if you ask me. That's what I would do. Yeah. What a big rant. time! Wow. I love it. We talk love way that. too much about. Find me another market <laughs> that talks about backup goaltending as much as we do here in Toronto. Like, try and find you can you you won't find it. Like, <laughs> I swear, I talked to you know Joe DiBiase from Locked On Sabers. Um, you know, we we do our our NHL Locked On shows every Tuesday, the national show, and it's funny. He jokes about it every time. He's like. You know, we're not as crazy as you guys are up in Toronto where you guys talk about the fourth-line center and whether or not he's getting healthy scratched or, you know, if the backup goaltender is is too, is, uh, isn't getting enough starts and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, well, welcome to Toronto. That's We're, we're a zoo up here. <laughs> no kidding. Game three. We, we, we were talking about the backup goalie in game three. <laughs> we've been talking about the backup goaltending position since Curtis McElhaney got claimed off waivers a year ago, and we just haven't stopped ever since. That's true. So if that's that's, that that's is the true. God honest truth. Um, but no, this game against Edmonton, uh, you know, we we already had kind of said one key, and I think that's you know make sure you you don't you got to try and slow down McDavid and Drysaddle or whatever you do. You got to slow down the big boys because you have that that depth that Edmonton doesn't have. Uh, what's a couple other keys for this one? <laughs> just score some damn goals like <laughs> let's have let's have more than one guy have a good game at once is that like can we get two lines going can this team ever get two lines going at once i would love to sit here and say boy line one and two both look great didn't they like is that so much to ask i think we I feel like i'm going crazy here st louis i thought both lines played pretty well in vancouver for the most part i thought they played pretty well there we go uh just tonight it kind of it leaves a sour taste in your mouth, but I think, uh, yeah, let's obviously let's let's have it. Let's have all line scoring. Let's just have you know six or seven hat tricks like that. That'd be fantastic. Uh, but yeah, no, for sure. I think this team they've got to start scoring, um, especially you know the, as somebody other than Matthews on on the top line is gonna gonna really gonna have to start scoring that third line has gone really cold i think it's uh mckayev hasn't scored in in like 11 or 12 games and he was somebody early on we were like oh this is a great find you know great depth piece he adds uh another scoring element but he hasn't really gotten it done you know as of late so he's another guy who i think needs to get going um Kapitan, you know he hasn't really produced much offense as of late he didn't really have a good game tonight either uh but i think getting the depth going is going to be huge um, against Edmonton for sure. Uh, any predictions for this one? Who's going to take the W? Do the Leafs go three and one, or do they go just a just a cool five hundred on the road trip? I'm going to be optimistic and say three two uh, in this one. Just as long, just 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 want a full sixty here. Just need a full sixty minutes. Don't let this get 
out of hand in the last 10, 15 minutes. Just just close it out strong because I believe that they are talented enough to, to come out strong and to take an early lead. And now it's down to really holding on and to, uh, you know, staying strong the I th- whole 60. I think this game, like, I have two or different 65. predictions. I have a prediction if Anderson's a net and I have a prediction if Hutchinson's a net. I think if Anderson's a net, I think they could pull out the win. I think 3-2 is a really good score. Uh, maybe I'll go 4-3. I'll go 4-3 if Anderson's a net. If they end up kind of pulling the shoot on him and they toss Hutch in there, I don't like their chances. I think McDavid and Dreisaitl feast on a Hutchinson, and uh, it'd be an <laughs> ugly, ugly like 5-2 loss, and McDavid is in on four of the five goals. Yeah, I'm no longer in the business of predicting. <laughs> Just Hutchinson win for wins. the guy. That's not happening. Just win for the guy. What happened to that? Yeah, we're it's, way past yeah, that. We're way yeah. past that. Let's just get it. Let's just get some wins. Whoever is in net at this point, because we're you know we're we gotta get mm. points, man. We need to get points. The Maple Leafs currently outside of the playoff position, on the outside looking in, and if they're gonna make a, a run into the playoffs. They're going to have to start scoring, and they're going to have to start winning games. And uh, oh, they got to run. What they got next week? Buffalo, a team ahead of them. They need to get points. Carolina's a team ahead of them. They need to get points. Other than that, they have some very winnable games. The Rangers, they can win that game. Detroit, terrible team. Uh, the Jer- uh, New Jersey Devils, they're a terrible team as well. They got the Rangers again, and then they got Minnesota. So they got some very winnable games coming up uh, in the next little bit. So... Let's hope that we can get some W's and, and start being a little more positive here on the podcast. I hate being a negative Nancy all the time. We really, yeah, we really we split it in half this week. After, after a week of all positive, yeah, we really, much. We really much. split it in half. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked On Leafs Podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Zoobs at the underscore Zoobs. All right, be sure to check back in on Monday and we'll recap the game against the Edmonton Oilers and chat whatever else is going on in Leafland. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.